Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Casual Sex is the first studio feature film to acknowledge AIDS and how it squashed the sexual revolution. It's also the first movie to give the woman's side of the story for sex. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. This is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. Joining us today is one of the screenwriters of Casual Sex, Wendy Goldman. Hi, Wendy. Hello. So, Wendy, I was looking for information on Casual Sex, uh, which is yeah. such a great film because, like Riley said, it, it shows uh, it shows not just what sex was like for women in 1988 and all of the confusion going on then, but it really – I think it really does a great job of showing – the the wide ranging perspective, like how women in the early eighties were sort of allowed by society to enjoy sex and be sexually active and have you know multiple partners, and then by the end of the eighties they were slut shamed, <laughs> and so I think exactly I think it's this amazing time capsule. Um, and when you wrote it, were you? I mean, and it really is oh. the first film to show that. When you wrote it, were you thinking about that? Oh, first of all, thank you very much for the delicious compliments. I love them. <laughs> um, thank you. I love that. And um, actually, when when Katie and I wrote the film, it was based on a play that we had written, which was actually a musical, believe it or not. Um, and we weren't thinking in some kind of grand way about, you know, what we were going to accomplish. It was really a very personal story to us about our friendship and we wanted to portray what our lives were like. And we were both single and, and we were both questioning about dating and who we would, who we would end up with or who we would even spend 15 minutes with. Uh And, um, and that was what our sex life and that's what our romantic life was like then. And that's what our friendship was like. So that's what we were trying to portray. And I, and we had also felt that some, it, our voices seemed to be missing at the time. We were women talking to each other on, on, in a play, first of all. And then luckily when we got to make it into a movie, where were our voices? You know, we, we had a lot to say on the subject we felt. And, um, you know, and that's how it was, it was born and came together. So when the sketch, so the, the three song sketch yeah. that was part of Please Don't Eat the Groundlings, um, show which uh-huh. is, yeah which is still yes it's uh, somewhere in the groundlings building i've seen that poster a million times yeah. <laughs> riley and i both have done I know. a lot of groundlings classes we have not been on the stage as groundlings Yay. performers but we've done ample time second city though yeah yeah Aww. all right you might get a rivalry going Aww. here oh <laughs> good good it's the best place um so when so what year was that when the please don't eat the groundlings sketch uh show sketch was on well, I guess um, if the if we did the if we did the play in 1985, we did a play from 1985 to 1986. It must have been 
at least the year before that, because we, Judy and I, um, sat together as we often did in sweatpants, um, eating, eating a lot of popcorn. Mm-hmm. And we were saying, what, um, what, what did we, what did we want to write? We always did sketches together in every growling show that we were in. And we decided that we wanted to do something where we had an opportunity to sing and write music. And we thought, what would be the most ridiculously potentially funny thing that we could write about, write actual songs about. And we decided, what about casual sex? That would be, you know, that would be our topic. And so that was, that was how the three songs that we wrote, you know, came to be. And we did them in we did them in shows. Judy and I always performed a couple sketches in, uh, in all the growling shows that we were in together. So I think it was, it must've been the year before we got an opportunity to do the play. And, there was a kind of a contest that went on at the Groundlings um, that year where a couple different um, people who were members of the company at the time got to present what they wanted to develop further into an alternate format. That's what they called the kind of show that would be the Groundlings different than our normal sketch and improv shows. And we were chosen and, and we were given the seed money to create the play. Awesome. It was so exciting. Oh, we couldn't believe it. Oh, somebody was giving us money to have an actual set and not just not just folding chairs and and we both cried, I remember when we actually saw the set. It was like, Oh no. We made something just we wrote something down on a piece of paper. We loved it. I mean it was just it was fabulous. No, I, 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 think we, I think we both know, I mean, having done a lot of classes, that would be, you know, because when you're taking the classes in particular, and you were already a stage performer with right. them, but it's still like, it's right. all struggling people, all, yeah. you know, um, and, and the people who come totally. from the classes, by the way, are amazing, much less the stage. Um, it's, it's like, it's just amazing. You know, yeah. I know um, my older son also did the Groundlings and his teacher was Mikey Day, who's on yeah. SNL right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, right, that's, right. What you, that's the benefit right. of living in L.A. <laughs> um, I also, like, love the the play and the movie because they are talking about a topic that wasn't um, wasn't really being talked about in the 80s or, like, women no. were being slut-shamed or, like, you know, women were like, I don't know what to do or, you know, like, they, they were talking about it and um, this just brought light to that. But what was it like being uh, a woman in the 80s in L.A.? I think in the early 80s when yeah. you wrote the, the three – song sketch you know so what was the landscape for you and judy and who you were trying to date then when it came to dating Uh, and sex well i think so i guess what we're talking about is around 1984 ish ish because the play itself was in 1985 Uh and i i just remember um that we didn't you know we didn't have any sense of uh wrong or anyone was telling us we were doing something wrong. We were we were very spontaneous, I felt, and in in feeling like I could, you know, I'm I'm interested in this person. I'm curious about exploring sex with this person. I either know them for a while or not that much long and um why can't I? You know, like we didn't really have a sense of oh, I shouldn't be in particular, and no one was saying it to us. As, it was a great individual. So it was a great way to meet people. Is that what you're saying? Like Stacy says? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was sort of like you met. I mean, I can't. I don't want to go into um, that many details about um, people in my own life, but um, <laughs> I would say that. Um, 
Yeah, I had a lot of experiences. <laughs> I learned a lot. You could and say so it was my Judy, friend. <laughs> I would say my or well, my friend would be Judy. So, um, but the two of us, I, you know, we talked about things endlessly, like what was good for us, and 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 how did we, um, how did this experience compare to that experience? And there were, it wasn't like they were all thrilling and happy and which is what we wrote a lot about in the play and in in the movie. But it wasn't like we went, we we were, uh, there, were there were things that we felt were holding us back, and it wasn't a very judgmental time about that as far as women was concerned. But I don't, people weren't writing about it. I didn't see us reflected in the media that we were, we were experiencing, movies we were seeing or, or plays or books that we were reading at the time. And, and Judy and I just always talk about these things at length. So why shouldn't we use pieces of our our real life and questions we were asking ourselves? And where, is, where will this lead? And, and we, you know, we both still, besides having these experiences, we still were pretty romantic people about the possibility that we could, um, coming out of this, we could meet a person. And and we're a couple people basically <laughs> that would be that would be have a longer term experience. But but um, as far as the play was concerned, and exploring two women that went to a club bed kind of thing, which by the way, Judy and I had never been to one of those, so we made it up totally, and we didn't get an opportunity to go. You know, we, we made up this club fun place and what what it would be like. And we, I think, we might have looked at some pictures and maybe read some articles about what those places were like, but. We just fantasized. This is us going into this kind of experience. And it really wasn't until we had the opportunity to write the movie um, um, that Ivan Reitman gave us gave us a chance to go to an actual club med that was in Martinique and um, really see what, what the real place was like and not just our tiny set on the tiny ground on stage. Um, so we actually did get to go. <laughs> well, I want to talk about... I thought about, we did a pretty good job. Yeah. No, I want to talk more about... I've never been to Club Med. I want to talk more about that. I think Riley has a question oh before we... Um, I was just wondering, okay, uh, like, yeah. a, one of the main points in this movie is the AIDS outbreak and how um, yeah. Leah Thompson's character is really scared about that. So what was that like for you? And was that written into the play, like, on purpose? Or was that just put into the movie during the rewriting of the script? Yeah. Was it even in the 1985 play? Excellent question. Um, one thing I want to back up just a little bit about the play, and then and then how it transformed into the movie. To, to Julian and I, we we saw this play to be about the women's friendship and the and the sexuality and the dating and the men were important, and that's, you know, clearly it was called casual sex, and there were plenty of relationship things in it, but ultimately, it was an exploration of our friendship, which was um, so great, and so, so, so very close, and whatever we did, we wanted to, the, the play and the movie, to service our our experience of our friendship and communicate that. And that was another thing that we didn't really see in, you know, movies or TV that much at the time. And so that was what we were also trying to accomplish. Okay. Now, in answer to this question, in the play, there was no mention, there was no mention of AIDS or safe sex or anything. And it really wasn't something that Judy 
and I or our friends at the time or people we hung out with at the Growling, that wasn't really, you know, as, as heterosexual females at that at that time and in our in our dating life, it wasn't something we were concerned with. And then when we um, were hired to do do the movie, you know, the movie itself had actually started off um, with the idea that it would be a musical. So it was a light, very going to be a very light treatment of it, just like the play was a light treatment of it, but the with serious emotional stakes between the two women and in their relationships. But when we were um, writing the movie, I don't really remember how far along in the writing process it was. Universal got um, concerned about, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, how can we make this movie right now? Because now the, the, the um, AIDS uh, outbreak was, um, something that was much more, um, the concept of, of this was now spreading more to the general, the concept and the actuality was spreading more to the general population. And so that's how the question mark ended up at the end of casual sex, because <laughs> which we were like, what? Because they had even thought at one point that we had to change the name of it. They, there was a lot of nervousness around it. Yeah, so when the movie comes around, exactly. that's really the driving exactly. force of the entire movie is how quickly things exactly. changed and no one knew what to do. By the way, exactly. I was, in trying to do some research for this, I found – because it's always been interesting to me how we've gone from – and I was a teenager at the time, but my – so I really was too young the whole time the people were having sex without concern. <laughs> by the time right. uh, I graduated from high school in 1988, so by the time I graduated, there was – you know, it was the conservative movement movement had really embraced it. It was like good girls yeah. don't have sex. That's kind of the, the, the exactly. and so that's what I find fascinating about Stacy is that Stacy is so, you know, has no problem like, oh yeah, it was great. You know, it was a great way to meet people and, and really enjoyed having sex. And then by the end, she's embarrassed. She is, she feels shame yeah. when people mention, or she even dreams about all of her partners and that, and that, and but what I learned in my research is that the government did that. That because the government wasn't funding AIDS education for the gay community, they were instead funding education for other communities like college students and and women. Wow. And that their PSAs wow. were targeting wow. women about you know oh a bad reputation isn't the only thing you're going to get from having you know sex. Wow, and, yes. And so they were the ones doing that to us. <laughs> Um, so, wow! Yeah, um, but and I, actually, actually, it trickled down to us in a way because, um, you know, in a small way compared to the population you're talking about. But you know, we we had started off with the, this this play that the two women felt felt differently about relationships in the play, and they felt you know, and one of them was much more spacey, was much more experienced than Melissa, just as a character and, you know, as, as we had portrayed in the movie, but there was no feeling at the end of, of, of Stacy going, maybe I shouldn't have done any of this. And it wasn't until, you know, we were really confronted a lot, a lot by the studio, you know, they were, they were questioning whether we, this was time, this was the right time for us to still be doing, to be doing this. And of course that, that, that did influence every, every turn that the plot started to take because now we were thinking about this 
and not not with shame. Like I I don't really remember feeling. Um, oh no, you know, uh, we shouldn't have done what we did. But not, it was a, it was a different time, and I remember the cover of Newsweek and and Time Magazine and and how, the impact of, for us about now we're writing about safe sex. Now we're being conscientious about things that in our lives before that we weren't, and in the play we weren't. So the studio, I'm assuming, took over the entire thing and changed the entire thing because this is Hollywood, <laughs> and they always want to bring well, a point into it. Uh, I wouldn't say, I didn't say that it was just the studio. I think it had to do with, um, well, them because they were financing it and they were questioning whether um, it was in the in the form that we had a real we had written. A, I can't remember how many drafts we'd already written before we had to make some of these changes and really look at it. Now these times were different. How are we going to meet what was going on in these times as, as Judy and me as writers? And, and so it was an opportunity in a way to express now what our thoughts were, but also we were, you know, put into that position by, by the studio. We wanted them to make the movie and we wanted to also, and we wanted it to be honest too. Well, you know, me, how are we going to do it? Tell me how, so how, are, how is the play? So like what happens to Stacy and Melissa in the play? How was it originally written? Okay. Oh, that's a very good question too. Okay. So in the play, it was important to Judy and I, but really ultimately the play would end so that you're thinking about their friendship it's what their friendship went went through. They were they went off in two different directions, and they had that big fight just like they did in the um, in the movie. And they went off in two different directions. But the end of the play was about them coming together again, not about what their future with these guys was going to be. Okay, it was really more an exploration of 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 um, how their friendship was tested, and then. Through, through loving each other so much, we wanted them to end up together in a certain way. You know, it wasn't about, am I going to end up marrying this person or I'm going to end up, you know, there, it didn't go off into the future as the movie did about, oh, years go by and then we're going to end up with this guy or that guy or, or we're not going to end up in a relationship with someone. It was about, look, these two women, they went through what they went through. Their friendship was more important than all of this. Even though, you know, there were, I'm not saying there isn't anything important about having relationships um, that are romantic relationships with, with men, if that's, you know, what, where you go with it. But, but it was much more about, it ended much more about their friendship. And you, I, I'm, was, I'm making an assumption here because of your hair colors, but you were, were you Stacy and Judy played Melissa? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and ironically, when we went, when we actually went to Club Ed um, in Martinique, which um, was a, an amazing experience, even though Judy played the character of Melissa, who ends up hating that ex- that Club Med experience, she loved it. She <laughs> loved it, and I hated every minute of it. It was horrible. It was horrible. So, was it but really I, the singles? Was, just, was it this like? Yeah, that's what it was. It's just oh, like a yeah. hookup joint. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally, it was 
totally hook up every, you know, that's what you did, we're there for. And I know that it's now gone through all these different changes and stuff, but that was what it was like. So the fact that we had an opportunity to go and see it was so funny to us that we were the opposite of our characters. Yeah. And at that point, I, I think at that point, we still felt like we were still thinking that we were going to be the actors in the movie, the two of us, because when we first, when the, when the play was first brought to become, um, to be written as, as this movie, there was an opportunity, there was a point where Judy and I were, were going to play the parts, or at least that was what our, our thinking was going to be, and then it went from being a much more independent kind of film. Yeah, well, so let's oh, yeah. back up. So so you the, the play is out. The reception is – tell me yeah. about the reception. Who all came to oh, see it? Did Ivan – and what? So how did so Ivan Reitman approach you? Oh, my God. It was so exciting. Okay, so first of all, the play – I love the play. We were um, only supposed to do it for eight weeks, and it ended up running for a year. Oh, and my gosh. Congratulations. Unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that was uh, – the song's being so excited. We had a set, an actual costume. That was the whole thing. That was so great. But what happened was um, I had worked with Ivan Reitman as an actress. I was on a TV series that he had produced called Delta House, which was based on the movie Animal House. Right, right, which and he I produced. Was, he executive produced, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I was in also a show called The National Lampoon Show that um, he was involved with. And so he already knew me as an actor. And our play had gotten reviewed in the L.A. Times. We got a really, we were so proud. We got a really great review in the L.A. Times. And that allowed us to be a play that many people, it opened up the world beyond people who normally went to Groundling shows. They actually want to come and see it. And so he contacted me and he said, um, did I think that the, mo- that the play could become a movie? And of course, I went. No, what are you talking about? And I went. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Why not? Yes. And I was, but I didn't. But I didn't tell Judy um, the night that he was coming because I, he and his wife uh, Genevieve were coming because I knew um, she would get really nervous. But I knew he was there, and so they they came together, and he was looking to executive produce um, a movie that Genevieve would uh, be the director of. She was in AFI. Um, she had gone through the AFI, I don't know if it was the women's program or the, the, just the director's program at AFI, and she was looking for a piece to direct, and this became the piece that she wanted to direct. Her one and only. So, it's yeah, even, I know. Yeah. I know. I, know. <laughs> I think I she know. did a great I know, job. Right? I don't know why. Know. I'm curious why you think I she know. didn't do any more. Like, did she not have to? And I, that's why, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I really have no idea. You know, okay. because you go, you do this and. And it became something that Universal, like I, you know, as I said, wanted to make a bigger um, deal out of. That's probably like a dopey way to say it, but they wanted to make a bigger deal out of it and put more money into it. And that's when they wanted. Um, although Judy and I did have an opportunity to screen test for the um, for the movie, that's when they went to um, Leah Thompson, and that's when they um, also went to Victoria Jackson, who you know, had a bigger presence at the time than we did. And so I don't know why Shamia didn't direct something else, but this was um, the time that, that you know, Judy and I were already in the process of writing it. So 
Um, and then, and then did, did, it. so before the studio decides that they're going to make it a big feature instead of a small, yes. small, more independent film right. and film, what was yes. the direction of the film then? How had you, like, what was that version? And I'm asking because I know Leah Thompson said oh, okay. that the script she had signed on to was a female buddy movie, not a rom-com. Yes. So I'm curious what it I'm looked like at this point. That. I'm going to tell you that. (laughs) I will let you know. Okay, here's how that happened. Because it's so interesting. These things, things, this was our first experience. You know, we, we, you know, like I said, we wrote in sweatpants in in our apartment eating popcorn. So all of a sudden, you know, we're on the set at Universal. So, um, but anyway, what happened was, First in the development, when Judy and I were writing the um, play as a movie, it was going to be a musical. There was talk anyway with um, Ivan and Jean-Vietta that it would be a musical, and we screened lots of musicals, and we talked about how you know how that would happen, and we went into all this. And for a very long time in our drafts, um, not, it stopped being a musical pretty quickly, but for a long time in our drafts, the focus of the movie remained, the ending of the movie anyway, remained... Um, about the friendship of the two women. And and I think always the spirit of it, even in the version that could be regarded as more of a romantic comedy, there was always romance in it, and there was always a romantic comedy element in it. But the way the play had ended, where it was was strictly about the women, wasn't what happened in the early drafts of the movie. That happened later, once, once... Different actors were signed onto the movie, and once the movie was um, shot, it was tested as they do. You know, they test these films in front of audiences, and that was excruciating. And, uh, (laughs) oh, oh, I can't, uh, all I could think of was, oh, Jesus, if you were so worried. Oh, my God. And um, what came out of that was that Andrew Dice Clay's character tested really, really well. And the audiences really, really loved this character so much. And I can't remember, and I don't want to say something that is inaccurate, but I, I'm about to say, I think that there were, there were a lot of guys in the theater uh-huh. in, when the screening happened, and they just, you know, he was just somebody that they wanted to see more of and why didn't you know, why Why isn't he part of the ending, which he wasn't? And and all of a sudden, the, it became right, right, right him, right what happens with him and Stacey, right into the future, takes this movie into the future. And that's how it ended up in that direction. Well, how did, Andrew, was, how did Andrew even get into the movie? Yeah, I mean, you have all, all women. This is, I mean, the one thing that's also amazing totally. about casual sex is it's so female totally. staffed. And I'm like, and so you're just like, right? how did Andrew Dice Clay, who was, I mean, you can tell Riley, like how he was just uh, this loathed man because he would make these misogynistic jokes and that was his whole act. And, uh, and so it's just jaw dropping <laughs> that he's in this. Not to mention, not to mention, okay, well, I'll say two things. First, I'm going to say a compliment about him. And then I'm going to say something else. So the compliment about him was, I think, and maybe I'm too close to it, but I think that was the best thing he ever did. I mean, I thought he was actually, his acting was actually really good in it. 
And he, to me, anyway, I thought he came off ultimately pretty sympathetic. But the way his part started to grow and grow, which wasn't what we had originally intended, was at some point, um, I remember that Ivan and Javier would go, they wanted to bring in stand-ups in, into the movie in some way as, as actors. And they, or they had heard about him, or, and, but they started going to comedy clubs more and more. And then we, we were introduced to him and, and write for him. And, and it was like, it, it kind of got out of our hands in terms of as these things may do when you're new and you're given, you know, given a big opportunity to do something. We, we accommodated the shape of the movie the way you know, it was going. And well, we let's call really it what it is. To... You guys are improv actors, and you yes and it everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we improvised. We improvised. That's what I kept saying. Okay, next. Okay, hands off the circumstances. Let's like do improv. Tell us what our limitations are, and, you know, we'll go there. So we went with it, and it felt like we would do the best version of it the version that we felt was as truthful to us as we could do it. But it sure was a surprise to us that um, it was going to end, the movie would end up with, with that, that relationship between him and, and Leah Thompson being this big relationship. Because in, in the play, if the play doesn't go, you know, and then years go by and then they end up together or whatever, the play ends with the women, you know, that's the end of the club men experience, but it was an opportunity anyway for Judy and I to explore how could how could we take that character of Stacy and and look at her in, in the future, even though that wasn't what we had originally intended to do. And like you said, we improvised. So they gave us the circumstances and we did it. You know, <laughs> and we were on the set too and we were writing lines the set, which we didn't even know that wasn't something that you normally get to do. <laughs> so, and one thing I wanted to tell you that was really so Judy and me during the course of the writing of this film was that we had offices at Universal and Judy and I would act out the scene in the empty sets on the back lot of Universal. And and so, you know, we would play the characters and we would do the scenes. That's, that's how we wrote the play. We always wrote out loud with each other. We didn't, one of us didn't go off and write and then read the other person's work. We wrote every line together. And so when we got to the part about having to incorporate all these other voices into our world, you know, that was challenging. It was really a, a big challenge for us. And it kind of sucks because your entire play was supposed to, like, focus on this specific thing and put light to women and how they have to deal with sex. But it turned into this entire 80s movie where, you know, the girl ends up with a guy at the end and the man saves her day, saves the day and is now sweet and all this stuff, which, which I guess I think that men play into that part of the... Um, audience where you were saying that you had to practice, you know, you had well, like a ending, little audience. But the thing is, is like, did, did that also yeah. with that ending, did that also like cause to where Leah Thompson had to do her sex scene and which caused a whole ton of, you know, like um, women shaming her for not being on film when they had sex or, you know, like calling her a slut 
or, you know, just like all this other stuff. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, that's, I'm curious, when did the nudity come in? I mean, did you guys write that in or was that something that the studio wanted you guys to do? You mean when she shot from the back? Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of butts, which, by the way, I'm glad for Victoria Jackson because I told I, we talked. I knew Victoria Jackson for a minute in the late '90s, and she had a great figure. She was a gymnast, and they make her, you know, look really, um, you know, they they make her look Pudgy. heavier. Pudgy. Yeah, yeah, she's got like a rounder face, so they could, and she's, you know, she's got a a, a well endowed chest, so they could do that. But I was glad that she did the nudity so she could show everybody what a cute figure she had, you know, instead of being under the baggy shorts. But I was curious when the nudity came in. Again, this is an all-female staff and how, you know, how you know because they're on the beach and then in Leah Thompson's um, scene, sex scene, you know, they unzip pretty low. And then Victoria Jackson, when she has sex, she has to – she walks out of the room. So there's just a lot. By the way – Unfortunately, because of the internet, which you had no idea of knowing was coming, um, when you put the title in and you try to find anything, poor Leah Thompson and Victoria Jackson, who of course is a Christian fundamentalist, come up on all these porn sites. I know. <laughs> these poor women. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, I didn't even know that. Yeah, not safe for work to like Google this. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, let me just say something about the um... – oh, wow. Where do I start? Okay. So – I don't know how, and I don't remember, um, unfortunately, how Leah felt about shooting those scenes, and that's something that you know she can she can speak to. But I thought that um, you know our experience watching it was that it was shot at, in a very um, we wanted it to be sexy, and we wanted it, and and she's and the two women. I just, I, I don't remember us going, that is, you know, that shouldn't happen, or why are there so many women involved with this? It shouldn't happen. I guess we just felt that it, that it was, at least at the time, and now, of course, years have gone by and other thinking has happened, but well, I, don't, I don't remember that being a big issue to us and thinking that there was something that was extraordinarily weird about it it was or uncomfortable or something well i mean for the um, for the 80s it, honestly to not it has it has very little nudity for women compared to yeah. other 80s sex movies you know totally. so it was a win totally and i don't think anybody was pushing for their, their my memory there was no male executive or anybody no there was no question about that where somebody was trying to move it in one direction rather than another direction. And I, th- I think it was just because sometimes you're writing a movie about sex and, and you usually are doing that with not a lot of clothes on. And, um, and I, I guess I thought it was, as I thought it looked uh, very, I just thought it was beautiful. And I didn't really, I, I hope that they didn't feel uncomfortable, but I don't remember it. I mean, any more than you would when you're that you're an actor and that you're being asked to do something like that. I don't didn't remember them being asked to do anything that would make them feel uncomfortable. Okay. And as far as, and I, I mean, that's not my memory, but I I hope they didn't didn't think of it that way. And I don't. And I also think that we wanted it to be sexy. We wanted the whole movie to be where sex was in the air because that's what. That was a lot of what was going on 
in it. And I and I think that although there was a there was a very um, uh, protective, I think Shemiev uh, was protective of the actresses. She's a she's she's an actress too. So at the time, she, I mean, I don't know if she would say she was a former actress at the time. I don't know if she was still acting or not. So she was. I think she was empathetic about it. So I don't really remember that. I I, I don't remember any weirdness about it. And as far as um, Victoria's, um, you know, any kind of thing that would be body shaming about it, I think. That, you know, times have changed, <laughs> but that Judy was of the of the two of us. Judy had a rounder face, and and Judy had um, body issues herself, and that was part of what we were writing about and what we were thinking about, and the way she talked about herself, and and so it was it was part of the conversation that we would have, and that comes up when you're talking about sex too, because. Well, certainly, by the way, I think certainly in the 80s, too, I mean, you know, being voluptuous in any way in the 80s, right? Because it was just, this is what I tell Riley all the time. Riley is, you know, 5'9", she's really thin, and she wants to have a big butt, and I have, like, a nice size butt, and I'm like, my whole 80s life, you know... (laughs) just wanted it to go away right and so um so and so i'm trying to get her to appreciate that i mean in roadhouse this is my my biggest example kelly lynch who of course is like six foot tall so thin and has to be fair no butt and the guys are all like look at her ass you know and i'm like that's what we grew up with like that's what i grew up with thinking (laughs) but now we just get called flat chested and flat ass (laughs) whatever it's fine but but you would have fit in great in the 80s (laughs) But, you know, that leads to women's insecurities and all that stuff, which I think is Victoria's character is like the whole point of her character is that she's insecure. And that's why the sex for her is weird. Yeah. Oh, that leads me to another question I want to ask you. um, And I don't want to cut you off of any great points. Please. The only thing I wanted to say, remember your question, the only thing I want to say before we move off of Andrew Dice Clay is that Judy was a stand-up. And in her act, she would do a character making fun of Andrew Dice Clay called Andrea Dice Clay. (laughs) And she would do his act, but she would do it as her, a woman. And whoever, I don't know if there's any film of her doing that that you can get online, but it, it, it is really, really funny. So the irony of her doing that character and us having to write for him, not having to, but being asked to write to, I guess also having to, um, is, it was, it was really a lot. So that, I just want to say that. Okay. Yeah. Now, well, well, by the way, yeah, before we move off of Andrew Dice Clay, so Leah Thompson also said that they, I know. they filmed three different, her marrying three different guys is what she said. And um, uh, so I don't know who the, so tell us about those other endings. Um, and yeah, I want I'm curious about the other endings that you had and who she, she was originally supposed to marry and how that went down. I don't think, I hope I'm remembering this right. Oh, my God, am I? Okay. I don't think in any of the other endings she married anybody. I think that it wasn't, it wasn't until, and in fact, I am right. I do know what I'm talking about. (laughs) When, it wasn't until that testing happened, which they do with every movie. It's not as though it was some remarkable thing to our movie. And, and all the TV shows I've worked on, there's testing involved. Oh, right, right. But coming, 
coming out of the out of the testing in order to make the there was a fear at the time that oh no the only people that are going to go to this are women oh what if only women go to this that's not going to be enough of a box office draw and when and when Andrew Dice Clay showed up on screen then the guys were very into it and and we kept we were saying yeah I know but isn't it enough that women are just going to love this movie because of their friendship and that's where it goes so that was what the end the ending for us was always about and in the various drafts it, it, it followed the romantic comedies involved with them and you know the relationships they were having but it was about will they or won't their friendship yeah and stay through this trip and then and that was the end okay so and then, uh, and then so it when it ended on them as as opposed to ending on who they end up with. So when the they future. make the switch to Andrew Dice Clay, because yeah. the, the, the yeah. one of the moments that's really hard to take is that, you know, I mean, so I guess then the takeaway is, oh, don't judge a book by its cover. And then for the male audience, yes, mm-hmm. you can be a total pig and you can still yes. get Leah Thompson <laughs> to marry you, even though you're, you know, but, but beyond okay, that. But wait, but wait, but wait. But didn't, but didn't, uh, didn't he change a little bit? Well, he would read like, some. Okay, so he had some character development for sure. And then pretend you want to be sensitive. Yeah, handbook. he was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like exactly. It's yeah, like pretend to be that. sensitive. You're not like he's not actually sensitive. And then once he realizes, mm, maybe I want to have sex with one person for the rest of my life since I cannot get multiple women to get on my tail. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's why okay. I feel okay, no I'll sympathy for him. I'll whatsoever. give you that. I'll give you that. Yes, I mean that was uh, at least our hope was we had to we had to go somewhere with him. It was unexpected to the you know to us because that wasn't the way we wrote him to be. But he he, just, he it, sleeps you know, with he was, Melissa. Like he not only does he sleep with I Melissa, know. he takes advantage of Melissa I when she's know. drunk, and that's why you're like, wait, Stacy can't wind up with him, I and know. then she feels disgusted, we and he just sits there with a cigarette, do. like, ew. <laughs> exactly. We have a lot of work to do to get him tell his character, not him as a person or him as an actor, but to get his character palatable, palatable enough to to us. So that we could feel okay with it, but it, but it was it was improvising. You know, it was a lot of work to get him. So and for, I really do think his performance um, that he was able to show a side of himself. I I felt watching him that I, that I didn't know he could do. But uh, but talk about it, you know taking a challenging person and a challenging character because that was his persona. But for you, there was some gnashing of teeth. Is that what you're saying? Like in writing, (laughs) so that Andrew Dice Clay winds up with the girl? It was not an easy easy mission. And I think that probably (laughs) there was a lot of duty and I going, how do we do this? It was always that um, that this was what we we were going to, we had to solve it. And I think, uh, you know, my whole background is improv, and Judy's part of these besides the stand-up was improv, and so you're given conditions, and you have to work within the conditions that you're given and make and make something that, that feels right to you. So we did what we could to make it feel right to us. 
And um, but it was surprising, and it was a sh- it was a shocking development to us. It was like, no, our story is about the girl, or like the women. It's like us. It's like we want to end up together. You know, let the let the friends end up together. But um, that's what happens when when it's not it's. It's not. It wasn't our money. We weren't making the movie. We had. We had no. It wasn't like we had leverage in this situation right. where we could go. No, we're not doing that. You know, and these were people with many, many more years of movie making. Ivan Reitman, is, you know, right, right. I, I mean, mean, Ivan Reitman it, was huge no, at that time. I mean, he yeah, had so much power. No, like he, he, and also he was teaching us how to write a movie. Yeah, he had never written a movie before. And we had never written a play before. We had never written a movie before. Well, we had never got as actresses. We'd never received an entire a full script before. When you go to audition as an actress, they give you sides. There's a couple pieces of sheets of papers or whatever they're giving you lines, and you never saw a whole script. So this was an education for us and an opportunity to have a writing career. So part so of our to do our best. Part of our podcast, you know, is it's 80s movies, A Guide to What's Wrong with Your Parents. And obviously, you know, as we've just addressed, thank (laughs) you, as we've just addressed, you know, winding up with Andrew Dice Clay is one of the things we've been, you know, teaching women like, (laughs) oh, go for the bad boy. They can be changed. They can reform. But then the second – And we talk about that a lot because that is a recurring theme in the 80s. But there's something that your movie shows that I think is really important – and should be, and I think with this whole Brett Kavanaugh thing is a, is a good example of of the thinking of the time. So there is a moment right where Melissa is on the beach with the psychiatrist, and they're yeah. making out, and he starts getting handsy, and she says, "Stop," and he says something to the effect, "But you don't really want to stop, do you?" Mm. And he mm. keeps undressing her. And then, of course, they mm-hmm. we're relieved that they don't have sex because he can't get it up because oh, I'm just not attracted to you. Yeah. So then it's a put down on her. You know, he's like he's basically forcing himself on her, and then says no because you're not hot enough. Um, but the but I'm even curious, though he's not that. Oh, but yeah, he's <laughs> he's nothing anybody wants anyway. But I'm curious from. For you to did did you guys write that? What was your thinking, or is I mean, is oh, that yeah. just kind of the way things were at the time? Because my recollection is that guys did have this. There was a saying at the time, you know, of like, oh, she says no, but she means yes, and that there was a little bit of truth to that because mm. women were being taught that you couldn't act like you wanted to have sex. You know, that would be shameful. So you had to sort of play mm. like you didn't and be talked into it. And that that's, that's something people don't want to talk about now as being something that existed. But in that scene, you kind of see where, I mean, I don't know. You tell me what was going on in that scene. I will. Okay, I will tell you. Um, I think he says, um, it's not you, it's me. I'm not attracted to you. Right, right. <laughs> Um, uh, (laughs) there's a line that came out of my mouth sort of accidentally and I realized what I said and then Judy and I went oh we gotta write that down anyway um, it was accidentally right Um, I think that what we were trying to do was to be true to her character I don't think we were thinking about what women in general say or do or put in that circumstance at the time 
I think her character was a lot more um, insecure and uh, inexperienced. And uncomfortable. And, and uncomfortable. And I, I mean, that's, I think that it's really about the specific person that she was to me, rather than us trying to do something um, about, about what, what we felt went on with us during the time, mm-hmm. you know, a, 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 right. So I think that even though in retrospect, you look at something and, and it is, and it is reflective of, of, of a time and, and maybe Hopefully, women have more of a voice in a circumstance like that now, and they do. And but you see that it's not so. It can sometimes be not so easy, especially if you're a. Pe- I mean, she was a very much of an approval-seeking person. She was a people pleaser, mm-hmm. and and there was that too. It, and I think that hopefully, as the movie progresses, she gets more and more of a voice and she and she gets more clarity about what she wants and who she wants. But I think there was a there was a feeling of intimidation, you know, that she she was experiencing. He was manipulative. He was a manipulative kind of character. So I, I think it's it's in in retrospect it's interesting to say to see and think about for me too about you know how how many of us were like that, or how or yeah, you I, know how powerful did we feel in the circumstance? But I think we were writing her, yeah. Because if you exchanged her character with Stacy, it might have been an, you know that's a different scene. Yeah, I mean, I think Stacy was more assertive and more willing yeah. to speak up. But I don't. But I do think that Melissa is very indicative of that. Okay, you know we want you know, women were sort of being like, okay, we want to have sex. We're not supposed to say yes. We're supposed to, you know, do we want to, do we really want to, but you know, she goes on the beach alone with him. It looks like her intent is, you know, thinking yeah. it's going to go that direction. Um, so yeah. you, so you also mentioned that you, um, I like the way you, uh, excuse me. I like the way you just said that. I think it's like, I think that is very true. That is a lot of how we felt was, I want you. I like this. This is good. I like. I like sex, and sex. I want this to be good sex. And and then, but I don't want to look too much like I'm too much. Like I want it too much, or it's or it's. I I think that there was a self um, censoring also going on. Yeah. more than just the kind of person that she was. I I I, I take your point. I get that. Well, you know, and the thing that really. The the reception to the movie, and I, I want to hear from you the reception, but one of the things that when you look back and t- see people, you know, even just like regular people commenting on boards and stuff, um, they just – Stacy's character – or Stacy, Leah Thompson's character is described as a nymphomaniac or a slut, and that wow. makes me so mad. Because <laughs> would we call a guy that? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Not at all. And a female Not at all. A female article writer from the New York a Times. Movie critic, Janet Maslin. Movie critic. She said that Stacy is happily committed to someone with whom the film has never even shown her going to bed. Yeah. She criticized the movie because like, oh, it winds up with someone who she didn't even go to bed with. And I'm like, Well <laughs> What? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Um I think these are all um, 
really uh, interesting issues about how the women are perceived going after what they want, that there's, that there's um, an element of you can't act like you want it or you're supposed to pretend you don't want it. And I think that what we were trying to do more with Stacy was to make her be a confident person in that area. Not that she makes good choices, because I don't think the character of Nick is, although he he was um, a bad boy. That was another, I mean, you used the term bad boy before. And that's what his character was, like somebody who... Um, well, he he was he. You know what Nick was? I I love that he's named Nick. Every guy I dated named Nick in the eighties and nineties was the so hot and dumb as rocks. I mean that yeah. every single one. And yeah. I just love that that's who your Nick is too. <laughs> Thank you. But also the idea that he um were that I don't know if you've ever experienced this kind of relationship where you have where you would go off to some kind of setting and you could meet somebody and you have this encounter with that person and it's sexy and it's and it's and it's romantic and it's and it's like oh they're so you know you have an illusion of, of what they are and then you bring them home to your to your real life and your real environment and you know they're the kind of person like he like that character was who their their suit their luggage was um big black trash bags i mean it's like that's that this guy is not he belongs where you met him, and that experience belongs within the context of that and the sexiness of that. And and then it's it, it's not who your life. It's a, it doesn't fit into your life, and now you really see in the light of of being in your home environment in the light of day that that's not who you should be with. And, yeah, um, I think that's something that your generation appreciates more, Riley. I mean, I know I I've pretty much married everyone I had sex with, um, but, <laughs> but but Riley, you you were saying like your you had your summer camp experience, you know, yeah. and that that guy went back to oh, to, uh-huh. to Singapore or yeah, whatever, Singapore. and he and then and you were like, and that was nice, and he was hot, and that was it, and I don't need to and ever he know. Spoke five smart. languages, and he played professional football, so he had a six pack, and then he there went to go. Singapore, and that was it. And that's and you're cool with that. <laughs> yeah. You don't there want it to go. go beyond that because it's a nice memory. Yeah, <laughs> and he gave me a kiss there goodbye. Go. And that was it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I like the way you think. I like the way you think. That's very smart. Yeah, um, but we but did not belong. specifically yeah, my belong. generation were like I, I feel like Stacy. One of the reasons she brought Nick home was she was just like this guy's sexy. I had sex with him. We should date now yeah. because we had sex because yeah. of the whole slut shaming thing. Where if you had sex with a random stranger, like that's like you're a slut and something's wrong with you. So I think that was in her mind, and she wasn't really like consciously she wasn't thinking about it. And she wants to keep having monogamous sex. Yeah. yeah. So then when she gets there, she's like, "Oh, like I don't want to have sex with this dude forever. Like I can't even handle him being like sitting down on my Ew. house. Like I felt like Nick like yeah. during the whole movie wasn't doing anything wrong. Like he seemed that he was like, no. babe, like, illy, no. like... <laughs> he was just being who he was. Yeah, like, he didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. She 
invited him. He didn't invite himself. She dragged him out there. He lost his job because she dragged him out there. And all he did was, like, right. bring a couple socks. And, like, the, like he said, he was like, we'll get some boxes. I'll organize. It's just going to be like this for, like, today. And she just flips out and goes full panic attack. So, like, I feel like that <laughs> one's on her. Where does romance fit in with what you're talking about? Because... I felt like there was Stacy ended up feeling in that romantic setting with him in the in the it was it was the sex but also she surprised herself to feel somewhat romantic about him and somewhat like taken with him more than just the sex that's that's what we were trying for I mean at the time that's really what was what we were questioning and what we would get confused about. Is this that is this that we're having good sex or am I really feeling romantic feelings about this person? Do I is are we going to somehow turn this into something that's a you know, a relationship that has a, I guess romance is the only word I can think of. I wish there were a couple more words. But where does romance fit into what you're what you're questioning like where what do you because because do you mean now or, or in your film now now and the way you see it in the film because to judy judy and i when we were writing it we were thinking we would love to have um them be connected we would love to meet someone and have sex with them and, and have it become something where there was more feelings towards each other that was more of an emotional connection that we had with the person. That not It wasn't anything about, oh, and then I'm going to marry them, which was like not really what we were thinking about. But it was, oh, I can have this happen more than once. I can have this have this happen over months. This could happen maybe for a year or, or, or whatever. I could maybe... This could maybe become monogamous. But then there were other people that you didn't think that way about. Just thought, this could be a really great time that I could have with this person in this setting. And, and you know, that's it. There was a song in the play that, the title song in the play was, It's Only Casual Sex. And, and, and that's how, you know, sometimes we felt about it. And sometimes we felt like, like it, it it could this could lead to something. Could this lead to something? So I'm just wondering where does in your picture now we're looking back on the eighties both. I'm curious about how you both feel about romance and and its connection to sex. Well, I think Is that, that like romance in particular is just Basically, like now, it's just if you like the person and they're your type. Like, it's just like anything's romantic okay. in the way and passionate. Cause, like, I've definitely, like, like hooked up with guys and I was like, ew, that was gross. But, like, the one guy that I was, like, kind of my boyfriend, like, it was yeah. just awesome. Like, it was awesome. Even though it wasn't that great, yeah. I felt like it was awesome. But in the movie, I think that, um, uh, you know, Stacy's character, I mean, Nick like sang to her he well, brought right. her on stage he fulfilled the fantasy of right. this hot dude that <laughs> gives you stares across the room and you're like ooh, like why is there me? you know and like, she felt special because everybody <laughs> wanted him and he singled her out and he's yeah. the perform we always yeah. love the guy on stage yeah and um, especially that and it's kind of cool that now that you said it was a musical i guess you you added a little bit <laughs> and the, then i and i think what's well what i really like is that um 
Jerry, I don't know if you say it Levine or Levine, right? Um, the the yeah. that I can't think of the character's name, but the one Melissa winds up marrying. Um, I think Jamie. it's Jamie. Thank you. Yeah. So Jamie shows up. You know, he's just there for her all the time. You know, he doesn't push too I hard. Know. He's always present, and so that's how we know that he really cares about her. But now, here's another question for you, really quickly, which is. Um, yeah. He's the sensitive man, right? Like the sensitive man was making his appearance in the late '80s as a as kind of a oh, yes. backlash, almost to the Andrew Dice Clay type character. So tell oh, me yes. about incorporating yes, yes. him into your script. Yes, yes. yes. Um, we like those kind of guys, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we did. We uh, I still do. Um, and he he was patient, and he. I guess he was thoughtful and he was worth he was worth he was gonna be worth it. And that's what I think Judy and I would talk about a lot, like who will be worth it? Like who 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 can you invest in and 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 this character was had um compassion for for Melissa and um empathy and I, I, I don't know, we just were attracted to that, and we were attracted to making that happen for her. She deserved that for us. And and I think that, and I think if you go back to the scene, I'm thinking about it now when uh, we find out about the orgasm and that she hadn't had an orgasm and that, um, you know, what, what, was, what was it going to take and other than by herself, but she, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think you, you know she was uh, he unlocked things in her character that we that was what we wanted to achieve with her character was to was to match her with somebody who would unlock things and 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 bring her a confidence bring her a confidence that she didn't have before just because she could relate to you know he was a person that wasn't going to be. Um, manipulative or take advantage of her, and and he cared. He he was a caring person. So so we loved writing him um, as the guy that maybe you would overlook in a way because he's there, as opposed to the person that's a little bit distant, like Nick, or maybe more than a little bit distant, like Nick. Mm-hmm. So you can't really get get to that guy, and that guy can't really get get you. What I mean, like personally, I would marry Jamie. For sure, because he's hot and he's sensitive and he's nice. He's, and he's sweet. He's great. But the thing is, is that we're, we go back to like Stacy's character, which I don't know yeah. if this was because she wanted like the bad boy or not. But uh, now, like I've had so many guys like have crushes on me yeah. that are sweetest, the sweetest. They're cute. They're funny. They're like. It's so right. awesome, and I want them, like, to be my best friend, but I just can't totally. like them. Like, I don't know what it is. I I'm know. just, like, I'm not attracted to you like that. Like, it's specifically know. for my I really know. close friend. Like, it's because you're... And I want to like him so bad. <laughs> I want to like him so bad, and I'm just, like, it's not going to be good because I'm not attracted. It's, it's exactly like the psychiatrist. I know. <laughs> like, like, yes, he was... I mean, like, it was kind of rude for him to say that, but at the same time, he didn't have sex with her. He he was like, I'm not attracted to you like that. The sex isn't going to be good if we're if I'm not attracted to you. And she said no right. anyways. Well, so I, I, think, <laughs> like, I think that there's an element, and I don't know how much of it is that movies 
have taught us to be this way. But or instead right. of appreciating the nice guy, the older you get and the more you date those bad boys, the more you appreciate the nice guy. Oh, yeah. um, and I do think that the nice ending to your film, as opposed to other '80s films, is that both women do wind up with the nice guys because essentially Stacy yeah. tames the Vin man, you know? And so that's, that's basically yeah. what happens. And so they wind up both getting really nice guys. But I do think that most of the films, like if you think of the end of uh, the breakfast club where um, Claire winds oh. up with Bender after he sexually, as you know, yeah, sexually verbal- assaulted her right. and yeah. trying to like eat her out <laughs> underneath the table. Yeah, it was like, like, like all what? kinds of gross things happen, and then she winds up with him. So I think that's why this is really refreshing. But I, I so, but I do think that what happens with is that both people want to have a bit of a challenge. There's mm-hmm. something in us, at least when we start to date, yeah. that if it's too easy, yeah. it's that Groucho Marx uh, uh, quote. You know, the right. You, the you I don't want to be in the club. Yeah. The people yeah. want you to be a member yeah. of the club. You don't want right. to be a part of that club. You want to be in the club that doesn't want <laughs> exactly. you. <laughs> exactly. There is, there's a challenge thing. And then I think that there's, um, in being attracted to somebody, you know, the little, there's a little dance that, that, that's involved with encountering somebody. And, and when it's too easy, it doesn't be, where's that dance? Like there's no resistance here and I'm not getting, but, but I know that, my own life, and maybe that's partly what, what we were writing to with Jamie. There, there was the person that I referred to as the guy I should have been with. Yeah, and he was he was my friend. You know, just exactly like what you were saying. That guy, I see the category you go in. You go in the you're my friend category. Friend in zone. retrospect, <laughs> you know, and in retrospect, um, yeah, in retrospect. What was I thinking? So because because I would be chasing Nick. Yeah. Right. Basically. Right. We've all had a Nick. And that's not <laughs> Yeah. And so it's like that's my that's my that was my kind of guy. And and so um Jamie would be the the counterbalance to, to something like that. He's he's there. And and so I don't know what the chemistry is, but I think chemistry is a big part of this whole thing and and, um, you know, it's what you want, especially at the beginning. I think you have to get through the beginning in order to get to the, to the juicy part at the end. Right. So um, how long can, can you let yourself fall to see that that person really is somebody worth chasing? And I think, and being chased by that person, because there is a dance in there that involves up and back. But I think that Jamie was who we wanted to create. Yeah. And the same in the play. You know, it was the same, we had the same kind of character in the play. Oh, good. The person that was there for her. So, so, and she, so we didn't, you know, she went through so much. Let's go through so much. There should be, a, there should be Jamie at the end. But who there really should be in the play was there really should be Stacy. And they find their way back to each other. So that was, that was really what our story that we were telling. Well, you've given us more than an hour of your time, and we want to let you go. But I want to make sure that we talk about you. You told me that you and yes. that this opened up so many doors for you and Judy. And I want to know from you, what are you doing now? Oh, well, I I live in New York now, and I was living in LA for I lived in LA for a long time. And what happened to me was um, this opened up a whole world of writing for me. And I have always, from the time I was really young, set out to be an actress. And that, and I worked as an actress in L.A. 
and I enjoyed being an actress, but I had no, I never thought of myself as far as, um, oh, I've always been writing too, that that's always been something I've been pursuing. So I, I had finished the TV series in, um, LA, uh, the last series I worked on there, I was an executive producer on a show called Faking It, which was, I, I like shows about people in high school. Mm-hmm. And this was about two female, this was about two, um, Faking It was about, um, it was for MTV, a comedy, and it was about two, uh, female best friends, um, who've been best friends forever, and one of them falls in love with her, a friend, and her friend is straight, and, and she's kind of, actually fluid and figuring herself out. So that was a really great show to work on. And we did three seasons there. And when the show wrapped up, I moved to New York and I'm writing a play now and I'm enjoying that. And I also, I teach a class based on things that I've learned in improv called improv for writing. And I work with writers who are new writers and professional writers, very experienced writers, but also um, new writers and I use a lot of the principles that I learned um, through improv in order to work with writing. And I also uh, work individually with people one-on-one as a writing coach, um, which is very much my personality because I've always been kind of the person that people come to read my script and, and help me. I feel stuck here or whatever, however, whatever creative issues people are having. I seem to be a person who who enjoys and can how people move their projects to the next level. So I'm, I'm working on those three things. But as a writer, my focus now is um, working on a play. Okay. And that's what I'm doing here in New York. Well, thank you, Wendy Goldman. I appreciate your time and for you setting the record straight and getting everything because there's not <laughs> much information online about casual sex and how it oh. came to be. And I just wanted well, to I'm say... Well, I'm glad that I get help. And I just wanted to say that congratulations on getting... Two number two for box office right behind Beetlejuice. Like yeah. that's great. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great to see that. Um that, that you guys did that oh, well, you know, you. especially against the behemoth of uh, uh of Beetlejuice. Um so if people want oh, to thank you. if people want to contact you, um WendyGoldman.com, I know that works because that's how I contacted you. <laughs> it's actually it's it oh that's great. It's actually Wendy Goldman writing. Oh, okay. Okay, WendyGoldmanWriting.com. Thanks so much. You guys are great. Thank you. And um, keep listening to 80s Movies, A Guide to What's Wrong with Your Parents. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, at 80s Movie Guide. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.